0: Hi everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it.
1: How did David feel uh, when Saul was literally trying to kill him over and over and over and over and over again? Uh, We're going to look at that because we're going to read the Psalms that David actually wrote. Uh, when these things were occurring to him in 1 Samuel. So today we're reading from 1 Samuel 18 to 20, and then we're also reading Psalm 11 and 59 so that we can set those psalms in context. Um, When we read over Psalm 18 to 20, it's kind of, to me, it kind of feels like the same old story. Like Saul just doesn't like David, and he's trying to kill him over and over and over again.
0: I resonate with what you just said. I was saying earlier, it seems like Saul has this weird love-hate relationship with david there are moments when he like invites him back in but then there's also moments when he invites him back in just to deceive him purposefully or (laughs) just throw his uh spear at him over and over and over again it's very strange i think it was like three times three instances
1: yeah lots of times
0: when i guess like david probably didn't have much of a choice in any of it anyway like he was pretty much required to do whatever saul said i would guess yeah, because so like, I'm house. like, also like David's kind of a dummy for just going back all the time. But I guess if he's required to do so by the king, then it is what it is. A,
1: a crucial detail in these stories is that David is already anointed king. Yeah. David has already been anointed king by Samuel. So like, if you think about David's plight, David's situation, it is excruciating.
0: Well, yeah, because like, do the people know that?
1: I, I think it was like done in secret. So the vast majority of people are not aware of this. And David is. So David is literally trying to be murdered by somebody who's not king anymore. Like, like it must've been so difficult for him. I think about that situation often. It
0: must speak a lot to his integrity at this point anyway. Um, mm-hmm. also because he's not like, well, I'm the king now, so you can't do that anyway, or I'm the one that's in charge. You guys have it all wrong.
1: Yeah. So, so, There's two kind of weird instances in these readings. The first is that the bride price for Saul's daughter is 200 Philistine foreskins, which is disgusting, uh, but it's because David is poor and can't afford to marry a king's daughter. So Saul thinks this up thinking that he will die trying to fight for this. Uh, David is going to use exactly that logic later on to Uriah, so that Uriah gets killed in battle. So unfortunately, like it is unfair, these things are being done to David. But David is actually going to keep some of these memories and use them in the future. Uh, the yeah, second, but
0: actually kill the guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's actually going to be successful. Uh, the second weird thing is kind of this Ferris Bueller trick, uh, where there is an idol apparently that is <laughs> hiding in bed with goat hair. You know, you know, first Bueller, where they like yes, open the door and yes, he like leans yes, up, and that yeah. might be too old, but um... he
0: rolls over and he's all <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. That's literally what happens here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's interesting about it is that Michael, David's wife, is using a household image uh, to trick Saul.
0: A life size, a
1: life size household image, and this is problematic because God has already said you're not allowed to make images. You can't cast a graven image, mm-hmm. and so David did not have this in his house. Michael brought it to the house. It does say that she took the image. Um, and so scholars believe it's either from Saul's palace or they had um, like idols on the streets that were like ancestral idols to like protect neighborhoods. Weird. But it, what it shows us is this continued problem of idolatry in Israel. And it it exists in this story.
0: So we have this this back and forth love hate with Saul and David but on the complete opposite side of things we have Jonathan Saul's son who is like completely devoted himself to David and his success and they are like best pals Uh, so that's like an interesting type of relationship that we haven't really seen thus far in the Bible what we've read so far is kind of Kind of crazy.
1: I've heard it said before that um, David and John and, and in our culture and context, like plenty of people read these passages and they're like, ooh, what's going on with these guys? Uh, but actually what's happening here is that they're actually an incredible example of good manly friendships. Like these, mm-hmm. these dudes are like warriors. And the Bible says their souls are knit together. You can see them like caring for each other. You can see them looking out for each other. Um, there's this thing with like the arrow shooting situation where there's like this whole scheme to protect each other's lives. This is not some sketchy, sinful thing. Um, this is two men that have a really positive relationship and they help each other and care about each other. The relationship of David and Jonathan is going to continue to be a factor in these stories as we continue through them.
0: Then we have the Psalms. I think the Psalms were a really cool connection today. Because it almost feels like you're just like reading through what would be like this diary of what David is experiencing, and so we hear a lot of it just being like, "Lord, like deliver, deliver me from my enemies," um, allow, <laughs> what did it say, like coals to fall from heaven, yeah, um, on my enemies. Um, so yeah, that was just kind of a cool way to to hear his perspective in an even more in-depth way, not so much like just the narrator perspective. This is my
1: favorite part of a chronicle, chronological reading. Probably my very favorite part of this is that we're going to read the story of David and read the Psalms in place where he wrote them. Mm-hmm. So we read Psalm 11, we read Psalm 59. Um, Psalm 59, um, it ends with I will sing of your strength, I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning for you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress. It is amazing to see the things that David is writing down in contrast to the things that he is experiencing. And so in today's reading, people are literally trying to wrongfully accuse him and murder him over and over and over. And we see him saying in these Psalms, like, please judge these wicked people. But also we see him saying, Lord, you are my rock. You are my fortress. My trust is in you. So I think that is incredible faith. Like, I'm convicted by that. um, And I don't think you would experience this if you were not reading this chronologically. But I love that David is so faithful to pour out his frustrations to God, but then ultimately declare that he will remain faithful to God Mm -hmm. and trust God. Um, That is incredible to me. This is not the last time we're going to see this, where David is able to wrestle with his emotions, but also trust in his God. And so I think that is your part for today. Um, I would encourage you to do the same. Go ahead and read these psalms for yourself. Read Psalm 11, read Psalm 59. Think about what is happening in David's life. Like We believe these are real, true stories that actually happened. And the psalms are actually the like diary entries that David wrote on those days. It's incredible. And it draws us into this thing even further. Um, so I just encourage you, like, be open with God about the things that you're struggling with. Uh, But continue to declare your faith and your trust in him and then put that faith and trust into real world action. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing. Uh, If you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word. And your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. 1 Samuel chapter 18. As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David, because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor, and even his sword and his bow and his belt. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him, so that Saul set him over the men of war." And this was good in the sight of all the people who also were in the sight of Saul's servants. As they were coming home, when David returned from striking down the Philistine, the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with songs of joy, and with musical instruments. And the women sang to one another as they celebrated. Saul has struck down his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. And Saul was very angry, and this saying displeased him. He said, They have ascribed to David tens of thousands, and to me they have ascribed thousands, and what more can he have but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day on. The next day a harmful spirit from God rushed upon Saul, and he raved within his house, while David was playing the lyre, as he did day by day. Saul had his spear in his hand, and Saul hurled the spear, for he thought I will pin David to the wall. But David evaded him twice. Saul was afraid of David, because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. So Saul removed him from his presence and made him a commander of a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David had success in all his undertakings, for the Lord was with him. And when Saul saw that he had great success, he stood in fearful awe of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, for he went out and came in before them. Then Saul said to David, Here is my elder daughter, Mirab; I will give her to you for a wife. Only be valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul thought, Let not my hand be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. And David said to Saul, Who am I, and who are my relatives, my father's clan in Israel, that I shall be the son-in-law to the king? But at the time when Merab, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, she was given to Adriel, the methylite, for a wife. Now Saul's daughter, Michael, loved David, and they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. Saul thought, Let me give her to him, that she may be a snare for him, and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Therefore Saul said to David a second time, You shall now be my son-in-law. And Saul commanded his servants, Speak to David in private, and say, Behold, the king has delight in you, and all his servants love you. Now then, become the king's son-in-law. And Saul's servants spoke those words in the ears of David. And David said, Does it seem to you a little thing to become a king's son-in-law, since I am a poor man and have no reputation? And the servants of Saul told him, Thus and so did David speak. Then Saul said, Thus shall you say to David, The king desires no bride price except a hundred foreskins of the Philistines, that he may be avenged for the king's enemies. Now Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. And when his servants told David these words, it pleased David well to be the king's son-in-law. Before the time had expired, David arose and went along with his men and killed 200 of the Philistines. And David brought their foreskins, which were given in full number to the king, that he might become the king's son-in-law. And Saul gave him his daughter, Michael, for a wife. But when Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David and that Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him, Saul was even more afraid of David. So Saul was David's enemy continually. Then the commanders of the Philistines came out to battle, and as often as they had came out to David, had more success than all the servants of Saul, so that his name was highly esteemed.
0: And Saul spoke to Jonathan his son and to all his servants, that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, Saul my father seeks to kill you, therefore be on your guard in the morning. Stay in a secret place and hide yourself, and I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are, and I will speak to my father about you. And if I learn anything, I will tell you. And Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul his father and said to him, Let not the king sin against his servant David, because he has not sinned against you, and because his deeds have brought good to you. For he took his life in his hand and struck down the Philistine, and the Lord worked in a great salvation for all of Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. Why then would you sin against innocent blood by killing David without cause? And Saul listened to the voice of Jonathan. Saul swore, as the Lord lives, he shall not be put to death. And Jonathan called David, and Jonathan reported to him all these things. And Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as before. And there was war again, and David went out and fought with the Philistines and struck them with a great blow, so that they fled before him. Then a harmful spirit from the Lord came upon Saul, as he sat in his house with his spear in his hand, and David was playing the lyre. And Saul sought to pin David to the wall with his spear, but he eluded Saul, so that he struck the spear into the wall. And David fled and escaped that night. Saul sent messengers to David's house to watch him, that he might kill him in the morning. But Michael, David's wife, told him, If you do not escape with your life tonight, tomorrow you will be killed. So Michael let David down through the window, and he fled away and escaped. Michael took an image and laid it on the bed and put the pillow of goat's hair at its head and covered it with its cloths. And when Saul sent messengers to take David, she said, He is sick. Then Saul sent the messengers to see David, saying, "'Bring him up to me in bed, that I may kill him.' And when the messengers came in, behold, the image was in the bed with a pillow of goat's hair at its head. Saul said to Michael, "'Why have you deceived me thus, and let my enemies go, so that he has escaped?' And Michael answered Saul, "'He said to me, "'Let me go. Why should I kill you?' Now David fled and escaped." And he came to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and lived in Naoeth. And it was told Saul, Behold, David is at Naoeth in Ramah. Then Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the company of the prophets prophesying, and Samuel standing as head over them, the Spirit of God came upon the messengers of Saul, and they also prophesied. When it was told Saul, he sent other messengers, and they also prophesied. And Saul sent messengers again, and the third time they also prophesied. Then he himself went to Ramah, and came to the great well that is in Seku. And he answered, Where are Samuel and David? And one said, Behold, they are at Naoth and Ramah. And he went there to Naoth and Ramah. And the Spirit of God came upon him also. And as he went, he prophesied until he came to Naoth and Ramah. And he too stripped off his clothes, and he too prophesied before Samuel, and lay naked all that day and all that night. Thus it is said, Is Saul also among the prophets?
1: Then David fled from Nioth in Ramah, and came and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is my guilt? And what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? And he said to him, Far from it, you shall not die. Behold, my father does nothing, either great or small, without disclosing it to me. And why should my father hide this from me? It is not so. But David vowed again, saying, Your father knows well that I have found favor in your eyes. And he thinks, Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. Then Jonathan said to David, Whatever you say, I will do for you. David said to Jonathan, Behold, tomorrow is the new moon, and I should not fail to sit at a table with the king. But let me go that I may hide myself in the field till the third day at evening. If your father misses me at all, then say, David earnestly asked to leave of me to run to Bethlehem, his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the clan. If he says good, it will be well with your servant. But if he is angry, then you know that harm is determined by him. Therefore, deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a covenant of the Lord with you. But if there is guilt in me, kill me yourself." And why should you bring me to your father? And Jonathan said, Far be it from you. If I knew that it was determined by my father that harm should come to you, would I not tell you? Then David said to Jonathan, Who will tell me if your father answers you roughly? And Jonathan said to David, Come, let us go out in the field. So they both went out into the field. And Jonathan said to David, The Lord, the God of Israel, be witness. When I have sounded out my father about this time tomorrow or the third day, behold, If he is well disposed towards David, shall I not then send and disclose it to you? But should it please my father to do you harm, the Lord do so to Jonathan and more also if I do not disclose it to you and send you away, that you may go in safety. May the Lord be with you, as he has been with my father. If I am still alive, show me the steadfast love of the Lord that I may not die, and do not cut off your steadfast love from my house forever, when the Lord cuts off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth." And Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord take vengeance on David's enemies. And Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Then Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow is the new moon, and you will be missed, because your seat will be empty. On the third day, go down quickly to the place where you hid yourself, when the matter was in hand, and remain beside the stone heap. And I will shoot three arrows to the side of it as though I shot at a mark. And behold, I will send the boy saying, go find the arrows. If I say to the boy, look, the arrows are on the side of you, take them. Then you are to come. For as the Lord lives, it is safe for you and there is no danger. But if I say to the youth, look, the arrows are beyond you, then go for the Lord has sent you away. And as the matter of which you and I have spoken, behold, the Lord is between you and me forever. So David hid himself in the field. And when the new moon came, the king sat down to eat food. The king sat on his seat, and at other times on the seat by the wall. Jonathan sat opposite, and Abner sat by Saul's side, but David's place was empty. Yet Saul did not say anything that day, for he thought something has happened to him. He is not clean. Surely he is not clean. But on the second day, the day after the new moon, David's place was empty. And Saul said to Jonathan his son, Why has not the son of Jesse come to the meal, either yesterday or today? Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked to leave of me to go to Bethlehem. He said, let me go for our clan holds a sacrifice in the city. And my brother has commanded me to be there. So now if I have found favor in your eyes, let me go away and see my brothers. For this reason, he has not come to the king's table. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan. And he said to him, you son of a perverse, rebellious woman. Do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse lives on the earth, neither you nor your kingdom shall be established. Therefore, send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. Then Jonathan answered Saul, his father, Why should he be put to death? What has he done? But Saul hurled his spear at him to strike him. So Jonathan knew that his father was determined to put David to death. And Jonathan rose from the table in fierce anger and ate no food the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David, because his father had disgraced him. In the morning, Jonathan went out into the field to the appointment with David, and with him a little boy. And he said to his boy, run and find the arrows that I shoot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. And when the boy came to the place where the arrow that Jonathan had shot, Jonathan called after the boy and said, is not the arrow beyond you? And Jonathan called after the boy, hurry, be quick, do not stay. So Jonathan's boy gathered up the arrows and came to his master. But the boy knew nothing. Only Jonathan and David knew the matter. And Jonathan gave his weapons to his boy and said to him, go carry them to the city. And as soon as the boy had gone, David rose from beyond the stone heap and fell on his face to the ground and bowed three times. And they kissed one another and wept for one another, David weeping the most. Then Jonathan said to David, go in peace, because we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, the Lord shall be between me and you and between my offspring and your offspring forever. And he rose and departed. And Jonathan went into the city.
0: Psalm chapter 11. In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, Flee like a bird to your mountain, for behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see. His eyelids test the children of man. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Let him rain coals on the wicked. Fire and sulfur and a scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face.
1: Psalm 59 Deliver me from my enemies, O God. Protect me from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from those who work evil and save me from bloodthirsty men. For behold, they lie in wait for my life. Fierce men can stir up strife against me, for no transgression or sin of mine, O Lord. For no fault of mine they run and make ready. Awake, come to meet me and see. You, Lord God of hosts, our God of Israel, rouse yourself to punish all the nations, spare none of those who treacherously plot evil. Each evening they come back howling like dogs and prowling about the city. There they are, bellowing with their mouths with swords in their lips, for who they think will hear us? But you, O Lord, laugh at them. You hold all nations in derision. O my strength, I will watch for you, for you, O God, are my fortress. My God in His steadfast love will meet me. God will let me look in triumph on my enemies. Kill them not, lest my people forget. Make them totter by your power and bring them down, O Lord, our shield." For the sin of their mouths, the words of their lips, let them be trapped in their pride. For the cursing and lies they utter, consume them in wrath, consume them till they are no more, that they may know that God rules over Jacob to the ends of the earth. Each evening they come back howling like dogs and prowling about the city. They wander about for food and growl if they do not get their fill. But I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. For you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the day of distress. O oh, my strength, I will sing praises to you. For you, O oh God, are my fortress, the God who shows me steadfast love. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at part at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.